It is the 200 level, episode 212, as of yet untitled. Who knows? Maybe our fortunes will change here with 228 in the third quarter. Likely not. 35 to 14, Virginia in what is mercifully a very fast-moving game. We're sitting out here, backyard of the Carpenter residence, the backyard tailgate with Isaac Ambrose. It feels so good to be back. It's like our own personal tailgate. We yeah. got the TV out on the back patio and some some shade. Uh, it's definitely warming back up this weekend, but the Illinois team is still cold. <laughs> the team is garbage. The conversation is not. We got some chicken fajitas coming up in a bit, so uh, we have that to look forward to. And also the fact that when this game is over, we have an entire day of college football to look forward to, and there are a lot of good games. Really looking forward to Iowa, Iowa State. I think that's at 3.30, maybe yep. 4.30. Uh, but yeah, as we sit here and watch this, Isaac, you know, I'm, I'm struck by, well, the obvious thing that we can just say, and we'll dig into it a little bit more later, the defense is atrocious. This is every bit as bad as any Lovey Smith defense, and this is maybe before your time in terms of really watching Illinois, but 2003 was the worst defense that I can remember. And this is a team that cannot stop any team that doesn't stop itself. And that's why I think the Nebraska game could have been far different if Nebraska just hadn't gotten in their own way. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if you're rooting for the orange and blue today, the one orange and blue team is doing pretty well offensively. But the way Virginia came out was just so impressive. And you see what they've got, what Bronco Mendenhall's got going there. But the fact that you've already almost let up 500 yards and it's not even the fourth quarter, it is unfathomable. And, I, I yeah, I was I do not remember that 2003 season, but – a couple of those years with Lovey, you know, and you won two games and you couldn't stop anybody. I don't I don't know if you could have stopped a high school team a couple of those games, but it's it's really unfathomable but that you could have probably the worst defense in the Big Ten, maybe outside of Rutgers, five or six years in a row. And even when you went on that bull run a few years ago, every game just felt like a fluke, right? You got some balls going your way. I mean, you don't beat Wisconsin if you don't get that Tony Adams interception. You don't beat Michigan State if um, they don't throw that pick six at the end of the game. So even when you won six games, it felt like your defense just got so many breaks that that really was not bound to keep on happening. So it is it is frustrating, and you can't really judge Ryan Walters because these are all Lovey's guys, and we've seen so many missed tackles today and a bunch of turnover a potential that you have not been able to capitalize on. But again, is, is it bad habits? Like does Ryan Walters just need to get rid of these guys and get in, you know, the young guys or I, I don't know. This is what's tricky is that the coaches, there has to be some accountability on their part, but we also need to go with what the past showed us and what the past showed us in the last three years. I don't think this defense looks necessarily any worse than they did for good chunks of 2020 and really even 2019. Turnovers masked, like you said, turnovers masked so many issues on that 2019 team. But the whole Lovey era, this has essentially been the defense. So are we seeing a continuation merely because of the guys that are on the field and the coaches are sort of helpless? I don't know. I, I want to be careful to assign blame properly, but I also need to go with what history suggests and what that suggests is even though these defensive guys, a lot of them are 22, 23 years old, they have only been a part of really bad defenses. And that's the consistent thread here. And it's easy to just take the negative route on everything, especially when you're talking about Lovey Smith and Illinois football. But 
So say the bowl season doesn't go your way. Say James McCourt misses the field goal against Wisconsin. You miss a bowl game. We have no like perception of this team being good. Um, so a lot of these guys that were a part of the bowl team, we might just think that they were a lot better than they were or had the potential of playing better than they actually do. Um, because if they wouldn't have gone to that bowl game, this would just be on par, right? So, And I just feel, I feel dumb for looking at all the amount of super seniors you were bringing back, super seniors and regular seniors, and thinking that some, something was going to be different, right? So kind of like what you said, when you're bad at 18, okay, there might be potential, but then once you get to be 20 and 21, you're making the same mistakes. Like when you're 22, you're just not that great of a football player. And I, I, I personally feel bad for some of these guys because – Again, easy to hate on Lovey Smith, but I do think a lot of these guys had potential to be solid Big Ten football players, but the last coaching staff just did not capitalize on that potential, and it's it's just really sad to see because you can tell these guys want to win as well, but it's just it's just not there. It's not there, and I think if before we get too far into this, it might just be as simple as they aren't very good. You know, sometimes we can talk about this, that, or the other, or the previous coaching regime, or this coaching staff's in, at so far inability to get these guys to play at a higher level, and that is on this coaching staff. Uh, and as the season goes on, if this continues to be this kind of defense, then eventually I, I don't care so much what Lovey had or didn't have. It, it does become an issue of why are you not maximizing what talent you do have, but that goes back to the Corbett. How much talent is there? Just because they're 22 and 23, I assumed that they would be smarter, they'd be bigger, they'd be stronger, it would serve them well, and it might in a few matchups later this season. But as we saw last week, spotting UTSA a 14 to nothing lead, as we see this week, where Virginia, they got 35 points right now, but it may as well be 49. I mean, this is not a close game, and we'll see that in the box score when we take a look at that. Uh, but this is just... Um, a continuation of something, and it makes these periodic feel-good moments like Nebraska in week one or the four-game win streak in 2019, it makes that feel like a mirage. And I can't help but wonder if these guys that came back, Isaac, if you take away that four-game win streak in 2019 that was based so much on turnovers and luck bouncing your way, if they would be more likely to have said, you know what, I'm kind of done with this. Like, what's the point? As another 30-yard completion for Virginia at the end of the third quarter. It, it's Yeah, it's really just unfathomably bad, and I keep saying unfathomably because... It kind of is, though, because we right. see these plays over and over. It's like a game of NFL blitz for Virginia. They're just you, throwing the ball at will 25, 30 yards. This was the year, and we weren't expecting, you know, a huge... Clemson or Ohio State sack type numbers, but I don't think I I don't think Brandon Armstrong has been pressured one time this game. Um, you haven't been able to get there, and your defensive line, you've got guys that have been there for a while, and some of them are are all bus type players. But I always like to compare us to other Big Ten schools, and there's first of all no reason that Illinois can't be like a Michigan State or an Iowa, and there's been multiple times where some of these other Midwest Big Ten teams have had poor recruiting classes or they bring in a bunch of three-star guys, but you're able to develop them in three or four years. And that's just not what you're seeing here. So my fear is that we're getting slowly back into this cycle and we're only three games into this season, but 
you get back into this cycle where, okay, next year Bielma's going to have his first recruiting class. Do we give them, you know, two or three years before we're even Sadly. able to judge it? Yeah. Um, so this is exactly... Rinse and repeat, Isaac. Rinse and repeat. And we did the same thing for Lovey. All right. Uh, we played a bunch of freshmen. You can still see that graphic when we were getting killed when all of Lovey's recruits were freshmen. And okay, got to give them three or four years. But if you recruit bad players, maybe they just won't ever develop. But again, I just find that hard to believe because... So many times, I mean, Le'Veon Bell was a two-star recruit. I don't know why, I always think about that, but Mark D'Antonio is a great coach and turned him into, you know, one of the best uh, running backs, running backs who's, who's, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. ended up going to the NFL. So that's what just really doesn't make sense to me. You can win with poor recruiting classes. It just takes more coaching to compensate. Uh, real quick, before we get too far into this, I'll hit the sponsors one at a time here. DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com. Probably won't be able to get a celebratory calzone today, but that's okay. You can still get delicious custom zones or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. Order online at dpdoe.com. They'll deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That is dpdoe.com. I'll hit the other sponsors as we go along here. Uh, yeah, that's the sort of helpless feeling, Isaac, is this notion that you probably do need to allow for some time but I will say this, as big of a fan as I was of the Brett Bielema hire, um, and we're only in week three, I understand that, but it, it does feel hopeless for the 2021 season, looking at this team. I'm thinking, okay, in this college football landscape, with the help of the transfer portal, which Lovey used to kind of, you know, band-aid here and there on the roster, if you can successfully navigate that, in addition to good three-star kids that are getting Power 5 offers, I would hope this isn't a full rebuild job. I understand that losing all these older guys after this year, that is going to really hurt you in terms of depth, and you're going to have a young team, an experienced team. But i got to be honest, this is going to sound callous maybe. I, I've seen enough of these older guys. I, I, and I don't want to fall in that rabbit hole of what Lovey did his first year, like, hey, Trey Watson, get out of here. No, Trey Watson's good. Mm -hmm. But I'm seeing these guys and thinking, you know, what little I know about football they're just making these very fundamental mistakes that older guys should not be making. And it's like, have some damn pride. You came back for a fifth or sixth year. You would think that there would be a little more urgency to not suck this terribly. And if it sounds like I'm going after the players, I, I, I kind of apologize for that. But I just I don't know quite where to direct my venom right now. Oh, yeah. It's hard, and like you always say, it's hard to be mad at you know eighteen to twenty-two year olds, but that are trying their best. So it's unfair to me to question effort. I'm I'm not really worried about that, but I'm just really tired of these dumb football plays. Right, and trying to be positive here, Virginia, who's beating up on us right now, and just somehow... by the way, real quick. Oh. Now we need to check this. There were five missed tackles before this guy dropped the ball, and we'll look at the replay. I think Illinois will get that. And that's great. Fumble recovery, it looks like. Isaiah Gay missed a tackle. Jake Hansen missed a tackle. That, Three other guys missed a tackle, and then somehow this guy luckily drops it. That last touchdown that Virginia had was one of the most piss-poor. Jake Hansen, who's supposed to be you know, your best linebacker and continuing the tradition of Dick Butkus and everything, it infuriates me how much he tries to go for the peanut punch and the strip and everything. And it, again, it paid off a couple years ago, but that's just such a bad habit to get into when you need to be filling the hole. Um, 
But going back to my point, Virginia, if you've been watching the game, they keep um, the announcers keep. Sadly, refer- I have. <laughs> the announcers keep referring to, oh, this guy transferred in from Mississippi State or Virginia's huge tight end number zero sure. yeah. transferred from Oklahoma State. So, like you said, there's still possibility that this Illinois team could, you know, turn it around next year or the next couple years. I don't think it's automatically go back to you know, square one and try to rely on building up these 18-year-olds that Vilma's going to bring in, you can still develop those guys while transitioning with some upperclassmen from other schools that have actually actually played pretty well together. Now, if a lot of these super seniors would have left and would have ended up not sticking here in Champaign, I find it very hard to believe that any of them would have found themselves making a huge impact at any other Power 5 schools besides maybe Owen Carney. I don't really think that they would have been uh, largely envied uh, by other big Power 5 schools. That sort of gets to the gist of it, right? I mean, that this team, as much as we were like, hey, sixth-year guy here, a fifth-year guy here, most of them were coming back. How many other teams were clamoring for them? And you mentioned Owen Carney. That might have been one of the rare guys. I think of Jake Hansen, too. Um, but nonetheless, it does show you that you know, and I, I fall in this trap and I feel like I get bamboozled every year into this. Well, you know, if you just do this or that. But before this season, the meager expectations that I try to put on this team, defensively, I thought 10th or 11th in the Big Ten. 10th or 11th, double digits. I'm not asking for good. I'm not even asking for mediocre. I'm just asking for moderately bad, you know? And <laughs> clearly, this is not going to be that. Offensively, 7th or 8th, because you got the offensive line coming back. And that is one area of concern. They have regressed. Bart Miller is your guy, right? He was a heralded offensive line coach coming in. He's got the personality that he screams offensive line coach just the way he carries himself. But that has been one that I kind of point to and think, why are they as bad as they are? Because we did see more from them in the last couple of years. I think, so losing Kendrick Green was obviously big. But then I think a lot of these guys, too, like Gerasati and um, I'm blanking on the other guy that transferred in. Um, 55? Yeah. Yeah. Um, me. But I don't think that they have really provided as much help as you would have liked, but it, it is really frustrating when the O-line, you're returning a lot of those guys, and they've been probably the best part of your team the past few years, and you can't even, you know, you can't even take solace in that, that you can't even know, okay, the... Offensive line. If everything else goes bad and Virginia gets away with everything, at least our offensive line is going to control, you know, the trenches. And we're not like we're not asking for our offensive line to, you know, dominate Iowa or dominate Wisconsin. It's just, you know, play good football and don't miss a bunch of blocks. And it's just the the whole entire lovey era and i think even most of my life as an illinois fan you just want to be competitive right so northwestern michigan state iowa you rarely see them get beat up so bad that it's just really embarrassing like i'm i'm 100% fine losing to virginia today i think virginia is a great team they'll you know i think Probably they'll nine be 9-3 or right, something right um but cover you know or come yeah. close or come <laughs> close to covering like if you lose 31-21 and it was competitive throughout the game until maybe Virginia scored there at the end. Um, I'm totally fine with that. But just to get completely embarrassed, that might have been the worst first five minutes of a game I think I've ever seen, which 
it's hard to say. And it, it really had the vibes. It's a long list. Yeah, it, it had the vibes of the Iowa 63-0 to game a few years ago, and I think they scored three touchdowns in like four or five minutes. But you were able to respond a little bit, and that that's exciting. Um, but you just hope someday that you can have some sort of competitive consistency where you really just feel like you're hanging on to the edge and hoping the other team throws an interception. And look forward to a game day and also yeah. feel like no matter what, we're going to be in this thing. I mean, we were texting before the game, me, you, and Trevor, drop pass here from Casey Washington, who I... He dropped one earlier, too. Uh, he's been not very good this year. Uh, Isaiah Williams, before that, had about a 20-yard reception on a nice kind of bubble screen thing, got a good block, sprung, sprung him, made a move to miss a tackle. That's just a bad dropped ball. It was actually pretty well thrown from Sitkowski. Anywho, uh, <laughs> it's this comedy of errors. You know, it's that kind of stuff where you just look bad and you look silly. Is it and not I'm, funny, too, that Arthur, Arthur's name is Arthur? I thought it was Arthur this whole time, but it's I, literally Arthur. I thought so before the Nebraska game, and then I saw the highlights, and they kept saying Arthur. And I have a hard time saying that, so I just go with Art. As he <laughs> runs here for, he falls over himself, so instead of a first down, it's six yards. Uh, whatever. Um <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me, as we were texting before as well, about there was the North Carolina game in the Bill Cubit year mm -hmm. where you lost 42-14. to 14. There was also a game at Washington in Beckman's last year, I think. And, you know, this is the same sort of thing. Fourth quarter, you're down three scores. And I guess if you score here, it gets kind of interesting. But you know that, as Trevor said, push comes to shove. If Virginia needs one more score, they're going to get it. Um, it looks like a first down here for Illinois to Barker. And we'll see on yeah. the spot. It looks like it is enough. They're moving the chains. But it, it, it's just tiresome, Isaac. And it's like in week three and technically week two of the college football season, I kind of wanted a little bit more juice going to the Maryland game. And uh, I mean, I know how you and I are going to feel going to the Maryland game. It's sort of whatever. Probably not going to end well. No. The casual fan on a Friday, they're going to bust their ass to get over there from work. And why would they? Why well, would you? The only you know, students that are going to go are going to be the ones that have already been pre-gaming for three or four hours <laughs> yeah. and they have nothing better to do. But I will, if, if I'm going to pull another positive, which I don't know. Oh, please. There's, there's not much to pull. Um, Isaiah Williams is still good. Yes. He's going to be coming back unless something crazy happens. He's technically a sophomore, right? Right. Um, Chase Brown is a good, solid running back. Technically He's, a sophomore or junior. Right. Luke Ford, again, some of the off-the-field antics get as Casey Washington. Another drop from Casey Washington. I will say that's time. another huge surprise. I thought he was going to come back and be very solid the way he played as a freshman. Well, didn't um, he decide to transfer out and then decided and then to come back? And then it was some academic credit things that didn't transfer, so he came back. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he really could have transferred to Wake Forest like he was, like he was intending. But I do think some of these pieces that are going to be coming back are very helpful. So you might be able to piece together. And we have to, I guess, trust Brett Bielma until we see a couple bad, you know, off seasons. But again, barely a positive, but some of the guys that will be returning the next couple of years have potential uh, to get better. This is an unsportsmanlike conduct against Virginia. And there was one earlier on Chase Brown who got a first down run and then he was talking trash and says something to get the flag thrown on him. And, you know, I, I don't mind having a bit of attitude or edge. I wish we had more of it sometimes. This is going to be incomplete, thrown into coverage there from Sikowski. 
and then Virginia just gets one there. But between Chase Brown getting unsportsmanlike, earlier Tony Adams, there was an incompletion, and he does this big histrionic, like, incomplete, as we're down 14 nothing. I That stuff drives me up a wall. We're, we're losing badly. I, I don't need to see that until we're, like, playing for a tie or something like that. This is an old man yells at cloud moment. I get that, but that just infuriates me. Oh, I 100% feel the same way. And this defense has... L- literally nothing to um, be positive about. And they've all been a part of these. Oh Another drop pass. This was a pretty good one to Navarro. So your wide receivers stink outside of Isaiah Williams, yeah. who's the one guy who was actually sure-handed. Yeah, he's he's got good hands. Has Deuce, he dropped Deuce one this span. year? Deuce Span. The former <laughs> quarterbacks are the best wide receivers on this team. That was a nice throw on a slant. Yeah. Would have been seven yards or so. Instead, you're third and ten. A field goal doesn't do any good. No. So this is four down territory. 11.41 to go. What is Tony Peterson going to call here? Pressure six or five are being sent from Virginia. This one. Ooh. Oh, wow. We got a flag in the backfield. Barker gets it off the. How did he catch that? I don't know. Virginia tipped in the air. Barker grabs it. And the flag will be on. Let's see. I wonder where the spot would be if it is a completion for Barker. Did he get the first, you think? I think he I think he did, depending on what the what the flag is. It looks like it's gonna be against Illinois. Sure but, not. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. against, against, Casey Washington, against Casey Washington. Which probably had nothing to do with the play. All right, let's see this here. So this is a screen a pick play, they're saying. That seems a little bit light to me. Oh, my. I don't know if that's a very good call. But uh, regardless, it's third and 20. Or is it third and 25? They called pass interference on Blake Hayes down there. Oh, there Can we I go. say, wrong 14. again, <laughs> this, this is probably just looking at any negative possibly because of how it's bad we're playing. Yeah. The ACC network is terrible. Like, well, they're doing the Homer thing. Right, but, mm-hmm. at the, but I'm saying at the beginning of the game how bad that screechy oh, yes. microphone was. It was yeah. unwatchable. A couple of the sideline reporters' microphones are... Oh, my God. All right, well, I like the four-yard gain to set up a fourth and 21. And then they just ran a Makes graphic. A more manageable. They just ran a graphic in the bottom left corner saying that that pass interference was on Blake Hayes somehow. Yeah. Um, again, not... Just well, but these are the kinds negative. of things. It is a when it rains, it pours kind of thing. So it's one thing that Illinois is getting their butts kicked. It's another that we're watching a amateur hour. On the ACC network. You know, I got to say, as much as I would prefer Jim Phillips be our commissioner, I found him to be kind of wooden and robotic when he spoke at, uh, oh God, Sikowski. Whoa, evades pressure and throws it into the ground. Throws it into the ground. Cool. I, this feels like uh, Brett's mad about something. His entire team, probably. (laughs) Real quick, this is brought to you by, of course, Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Football and basketball swag. Maybe you want to just sort of move on to basketball season. But regardless, they have great t-shirts for the upcoming tailgate weekends you got coming up and for the basketball season ahead as you return to State Farm Center. So go online to fourthandkirby.com. That is fourthandkirby.com. Now, Bears fans, is this kind of like when Mitch Trubisky had that seven-touchdown game and you thought he was the bee's knees and then he <laughs> came back down to reality? Um in a, in a lot smaller scale? Sure, a little bit. I mean, I think that after the first game, I thought, I said on the podcast, I said, you know, I'm no offense to Brandon Peters, but I, I think you play Sikowski until he's 
shown that he's not good enough. Well, he's shown he's not good enough. And again, we we talked all this time about you just need a game manager, and that's what Bielma had at Wisconsin. Uh, that Zikowski, would work. Yeah. That would work if you had a more consistent run game. I don't know how you go from that first drive of the second half where you just gash them on the ground. And then other than that, you have just been unable to run between the tackles. You the, can't do it. No, the running game has, has been very frustrating, but Art Sikowski is definitely worse than any of the game-managing quarterbacks Bielma had at Wisconsin, I think. Just there's a handful of open passes he just misses, and it's like he freaks out. Um, last week he last week was a huge, huge turning point for me when it came to seeing Art. And hard to believe, 14 days ago I thought he was like awesome and gonna lead us to a bowl game. <laughs> um, but we la- all did. Yeah, last- or at least uh, more respectable than than what we're seeing. Though I. I- at the end of the day, offense isn't good, but the defense is really the story. Right, right. I mean, yeah, we can sit here and attack Art and attack Casey Washington all day long, but this defense is is really putrid. And the guys you thought were going to be solid, you thought Carney was probably going to get six or seven sacks this year and Jake Hansen was going to rack up the tackles. And the DBs, the DBs are just so... I think that really encapsulates the idea that we're talking about with Lovey, like some guys are just not good football players. Like mm-hmm. I, at this point, Sidney Brown is just not that, that good of a safety. Uh, Derek Smith is not very good. Tony Adams was better as a sophomore. Right. Than he, is now. he seems he's really dropped off. But again, look at uh, Nate Hobbs. He's about to start for the Oakland Raiders on Monday night. There's um, one thing I can say about the secondary, and I'm not going to give them an incomplete grade because they've been very bad, but the defensive line outside of the Nebraska game has not been getting any pressure. So eventually, I mean, it goes hand in hand. You aren't getting to the quarterback. I mean, we got now a hobbled quarterback for Virginia. He can't move around, and we still can't touch him. And UTSA last week was playing with two or three backup offensive linemen. They didn't have their did starting center. They did not have their starting center. Oh, so that's why all the bad snaps. Every single snap, that was the, probably the most infuriating part. Last week, every single snap that UTSA had was high or to the side or just terrible. The defensive line should have had like a half-second start every single time. Um, because the play is not developing on time when the bad when the ball Good is Lord. snapped poorly. Yeah, this is just comical and infuriating. A little bit of both. I I tweeted earlier that was another twenty five yard pass down the middle. Essentially, I mean this is just incredibly easy for Virginia. They'll make it forty two to fourteen, no problem here. Tre- Trevor just texted <laughs> us and said the announcer just said, and I quote. We saw Tom Brady complete a third and 25 earlier this week. Let's see if Art Sikowski can do it right here. Yeah, right. And early, I was, again, ACC Network, whatever. Earlier in the game, <laughs> earlier in the game, Illinois got the ball back. Good oh Lord. Gosh. Another dime Ooh. down the middle of the field, but is it an interception? Holy wow. Holy. By see, Kirby Joseph. See, this is lovey defense where you just are, are banging on some of these, some of these. Weird Let's see turnovers. if the offense can capitalize <laughs> from the one. From the one, a ninety-nine yard drive. Watch them complete the ninety-nine yard drive, but it takes them seven minutes to do that, and we're still down fourteen but with two to go. Don't you just hate it when you know an analyst is just clearly trying to make it more interesting than the game actually is? Like, yeah, earlier in the yeah. game, you were down fourteen-seven, and they had missed those two field goals, so they should have been up probably twenty to seven. 
you get the ball back and have really not done anything. And the analyst says, you know, Illinois got them right where they want them. Um, they're able to take over the momentum of this game right now. And it's like, no, they're not. Well, I will say when it was 21 to 14, yes. not that I had any faith in the defense, but the way that you went down the field in two minutes running the ball, I thought, okay, I mean, maybe this is like Nebraska where in the second half you were able to control the line of scrimmage for the most part. And then the defense just gave up a quick touchdown and that just faded. So I mean, but other than that, you're right. At this point, this game is not much in doubt, and that was a nice interception. I would love it if we stopped spotting teams 14 to nothing leads, or in the case of, wasn't it 9 to 2? 9 to 2, Nebraska. 9 to 2, Nebraska. And then you went up 16 to 9, and then... Right, right, right. Yep. Um, So slow starts on offense is definitely a huge part of it, but... At least for Tony Peterson, these past few games, even against UTSA, you put up 30 points um, and you sort of figured yourself out, even if you didn't start off very hot. The defense has not found a rhythm whatsoever. No, none. Um, they haven't. The, again, today, I think they have one true stop, like one true forced uh, punt because they missed those two field goals earlier in the game and they've scored pretty much every other play. Um, it and And how bad... How bad must Shimon Cooper be right now? Because I mean, is he just a he does not get any playing time? None. And none. this team has done nothing. And I, I'll never forget watching him commit. Um, Huge to, deal. He commit to Illinois a couple years ago on ESPN. Martez Beeson. Yeah, Martez. Yeah. Martez Beeson. <laughs> Which apparently me. he's playing wide receiver now, and maybe he's bad too because he's not playing, and our wide receivers are awful. So um, Isaiah Williams seems like you went one for three with those three guys. Um, Hopefully, hope to God, Bielma and this staff is better at developing players than than the. Yeah, players. if not, it's just going to be another failed coaching regime, and uh, I'm not going to go there yet. I will say because there were probably some people listening to this thinking that we are not criticizing this coaching staff enough, and that there's only so long that you can blame Lovey for this or that. I'm not entirely sure what Tony Peterson's trying to do offensively. And I'm certainly not entirely sure what Ryan Walters is trying to do defensively. What little that's worth three games into the year with all of Lovey's players. Again, I, I wish I could, if I had a pie chart of blame out of that 100%, what percentage am I giving the coaching staff? I don't know yet, but it's got to be a certain amount of it because it's not 100% on the players when it's this bad. I mean, you can... You can't polish a turd, but oh I think you my. can... Oh, Chase Brown gets out of trouble here. See, he's good. You can't necessarily polish a turd, but I think you can make it smell just a little less bad. That's a terrible metaphor, but I really think that you can somehow, with through smoke and mirrors and good scheming, you can figure out a way to not look this bad I, two yeah. weeks in a row. And I will definitely say the fact that you put up you put up 30 against Nebraska, 30 against UTSA, and, I mean, you've only got 14 right now. Tony Peterson, now he might have had a little bit more to work with, but I think he's definitely been better than Ryan Walters so far this season. And Bielma's the head guy, right? And he put this staff together, so he definitely gets some of the blame too. But it really, really feels like at least 50 or 60% of all this crap is just the players just aren't that good. I mean, a lot of those recruiting classes Lovey had, the best one was the first one still. Right, right. Yeah. And they were just Mac level guys that ended up choosing you because they like that was their biggest offer. And oh my gosh. Again, let's say Isaiah Williams catches that. It's a four yard slant and he still stops short. Right. That's just 
not the I, best football. Are you IQ. are you going for it on your own five? I mean, what what do you do? Art Sikowski does not check through his progression whatsoever, and I know he needs to get rid of it right there in the end zone, but now he looked at Isaiah Williams from the beginning and threw it right to him. I, you're not going to win many games. That's one thing I'll point out right now. You're not going to win many games, especially in the Big Ten, with Art playing quarterback. And I don't know no. if you're going to win many games with Brandon Peters playing quarterback either, but it's it really feels like just a step above those terrible years when you had Jeff George and Wes. Uh, it's not much yeah. better. It's yeah. not. I mean, there's been a couple throws that Art's made, especially to do span, right. uh, where you think, oh, wow. Uh, this one, I thought today was the best one yeah. out of the three yeah. to do span because he caught him completely in stride. But... I, I, I let's get to Brandon Peters here in just a second because I, I do want to talk about that uh, real quick. Two hundred levels brought to you by Rector Construction online at r e c t o r construction dot com for all your exterior home needs. Get a free estimate today by going to rectorconstruction.com. dot com. That's r e c t o r construction dot com. All right, so Brandon Peters, um, I was a skeptic going into this year because there was just not an it factor to him. He's had a handful of really good games for Illinois, Nebraska last year being one of them. But inconsistency is sort of the name of his game. But I think I would still take that inconsistency with the occasional gem of a throw compared to the Sitkowski-led offense, which is very stagnant. But here's the question. If there were a war stat for football players, how many more wins is Brandon Peters worth than... And Arter Sikowski is. It looks like Isaiah Gay is picking up a stupid penalty here. He's Isaiah His Gay second or third of the game. Is definitely one of those players that I just don't think is that great of a football player. But see, that's I I could see him. Oh my god. On Sportsman Mike's, that's 15 yards. See, this, that, of course, after he extended a drive from Virginia for being offsides. That's lovely. Him and somebody else. That's see, that's like Lovey's type stupid. stuff that I don't want to see transition into the Bielma era. Like don't be sloppy. Don't do that type of stuff. Like, you might be worse and you might get beat up, but don't That's throw. Just, that was literally five seconds after. That like, is moronic. I don't know, Isaac. Do you just start start sitting their asses down? I mean, you don't have many options. But I I gotta say, like I I really want to be careful. And and people on the pod might be thinking, Jesus, Carp, these are eighteen to twenty two year olds. Or in the case of some of these guys, 23, 24 year olds. But. Good God. <laughs> Another interception, but it will be pass uh, yeah. interference and come back. So Kirby Joseph's interception will not stand, I don't think. Good Lord. This is just a mess. This fourth quarter is taking longer than any quarter before it, and it's like, please just end at hey, this Oregon's point. Hey, Oregon's losing. Or Oregon's beating Ohio State Yeah, at halftime. 14-7. Yeah. God, uh, do you ever just feel like when you watch these games, I was watching with a friend in the stadium last week, and we just started talking about other stuff because, I mean, you know, yeah. what's there to say? See, I mean, I just have this problem where I just still can't get over it. Like every single game, I just have to watch intently and think that something crazy is going to happen. Oh, he was early. Yeah. Yeah. Witherspoon was early on that hit. Who after week one, I said Witherspoon's the best player on defense. Um, actually, now that I think about it, though, who is the best player on defense? I think it would have 100% been uh, C.J. Hart if he was still healthy. I thought it was going to be Owen Carney. I mean, he looks like a stud. Like, he looks like a dude that can play on Sundays. I don't know how he has had no pressure whatsoever. Um, I do think Keith Randolph was a big injury, too, because he played yeah. really well week one. Um, but Sidney one, Brown got injured today. I don't know how much that 
No. So was Kirby Joseph in his place now at safety? Looks like it. Another thing that's interesting, you haven't seen Jafar Armstrong or Brian Hightower, no. I don't think, who were both supposed to be cleared for today. I was talking with Trevor at the station a couple days ago, and it seems like Bielma is a lot more open about injuries and about the status of players than Lovey was because, you know, Lovey kept everything in-house. But if he just lies about everything or nothing he says is that accurate, then it's just it's kind of funny that he's he's going to be open. He was open about... Um, like Peters being available this week and Chase Brown being fine for last week. Chase Brown didn't play last week. So um, it's just definitely a different approach than Lovey, but neither is very helpful, I feel like. All right, so this puts Virginia all the way up to their own, or sorry, Illinois' 11. Oh, a, my God. Another stupid penalty. Th- these more. This pisses me off. It's one thing to lose, Isaac. It's another to just be complete more. You remember on that? Field. Oh shoot. Who are we playing a few years ago? We were losing to some bad team. It might have been Louisiana Tech. And one of your defensive linemen, <laughs> the ref throws a flag. He picks it up and throws it like 10, 15 yards down the field. I think it was yes. Louisiana Tech. That's right. On like a night game you were getting the, whooped up. Uh Beckman era. Another oh unsportsmanlike conduct. This one's against Treek Barnes. That is this goes beyond fun bad. This goes to just like like, just be respectable. Okay, okay, so let's see here. We see them talk. He oh, my gosh. Them pretty much. The referee is right there. And do you see 96 raise his head like, oh, God. And Tariq like, is still talking I know he's trying to defend line. it, but if you punch somebody in the head with a helmet on, first of all, it's not going to hurt them. Second of all, the referee's right there. What a... Isaac... <sighs> I, this may be a soundbite, you know, three weeks after the U of I actually used week zero, all eyes will be on yeah. champagne. I, I got the, the first soundbite in the official video. I don't think they're going to be using this, but is it possible this is just a very dumb team that's painting with a broad brush? Yeah. I, I just hope at this point that it's just these are characters of habit and that Bielma can somehow turn this thing around because... Again, I'm fine losing games. I just want to be competitive and not do stupid stuff like that and just commit a bunch of penalties. And it's one thing to have a pass interference or a holding penalty, and it's another thing to do something like that that is completely in your control. Um, You don't need to punch guys in the head, but we've had that question about the basketball team a few times. Now you see why Jake. Oh, again, they're, <laughs> again, they're 22, but now you see why Jake Hansen probably didn't get that great NFL reviews and why he wanted to come back. He's and, not going to play in the NFL. And, oh, man. Yeah, you just hope that this is something that Bielma can still turn around. Um, we talked about that with the basketball team, though, the past couple of years, like when. Brad Underwood would ask questions at practice and the guys wouldn't have answers, and it seems like simple answers. So. Do you think it is, and know. if Trevor were here, we, we would talk about it because he had sort of broached this idea that this is kind of like the start of the Underwood era where you're, you're just going to have to wait as another touchdown here for Virginia. Very easy. The linebacker just... You know what makes this even more frustrating even is mm-hmm. I one of my good buddies lives in Indy, and I told him, I was like, dude, bet Virginia to cover. Like, put as much money as you like really want to. Especially when it went down to 10 and a half. I mean, yeah. I know it's just an extra and point, but it's even better is that Josh Whitman basically, and I don't know who else doesn't even want us to bet on this. Cause they probably know we'd make a bunch of money. <laughs> uh, that whole thing is such a joke because it, it, the idea that this would dissuade. Okay. 
we don't want the athletes themselves to be ever caught up in a gambling controversy. Right. But if there was a, a an athlete with a gambling problem, they can probably just drive to Indiana or call someone from the state of Indiana yeah. to have them put the money down if they are going to, you know. And it's not even like we're like throw out, the game. Or we're something. not even hours away from the border. Like it's no, 30, it's 35 right minutes. freaking there. And so like it doesn't really help anybody. It's for optics. And now with NIL, it doesn't make sense either because like if I'm the owner of a business here in town. Like, couldn't I put just as much pressure on a kid if I'm like, hey, I'll give you 50 grand, you know, for this sponsorship if you score touchdowns and Illinois wins the game? Like, <laughs> yeah. versus I'm betting, yeah. I'm betting 100 grand on you. Like, there, I don't, I, there's not, there's both, there's pressure both ways. Um, and it's, it's interesting because Whitman seems to definitely be the minority when it comes to, this game this it, it, it doesn't seem with gambling in like new jersey i don't think they have a similar law where you can't bet on rutgers yeah. games in new jersey i'd have to check but um real quick before we get maybe one more segment here because what the hell else is there to say <laughs> it's 42 to 14 200 levels brought to you by state farm agent brian hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life auto home business renters you name it brian and his staff will hook you up with great state farm prices and personalized service that makes it incredibly easy that's brian is my guy com. All right. Uh, we said before in the text thread, and I think Trevor specifically mentioned the North Carolina 2015 game, 42 to 14. That's what it is right now. I think that's likely how it will end as Virginia calls off the dogs and we struggle to get anything going on offense. And even with those low expectations, which I think we all had today, I would love for just once my low expectations to either be met or exceeded. We, we did not have ridiculous expectations for this team. We just didn't want them to be a complete embarrassment. And unfortunately, that's kind of what they are. And going into a week four, or I guess week three in the college football world against Maryland, and not really having any excitement and thinking that they're probably going to put up 42, 49 points on us, it's a little frustrating, especially with Mike Loxley and Ron Zook coming back to town and thinking, you know, I had so many people tell me after Ron Zook, well, you never should have fired him. Now, I think he should have, but unfortunately, you haven't gotten anything right since you fired him. So if, that, if I knew this were the alternate history, if I knew that this is how the next 10 years would have unfolded, I might have reconsidered after they lost six straight games in 2011. I know that's bad, but you might not be able to do better than Ron Zook because so far, you haven't. Oh, I would, take, I would take winning the first six and losing the second six every year over this stuff we've seen the past few years. I mean... It's just not competitive. You don't. You look like you belong in the MAC a lot of these years. Um, and so you've you've been a fan longer than me, and you've got more experience in this than I. But has there been a time where Illinois like didn't have that high of expectations, and they they pretty well exceeded it? Because I'm thinking hmm. this year right now. And so growing up in Michigan, I got a lot of Michigan State buddies. Like they were expecting three or four wins this year. Yeah, and they're probably going to get six. Right. They look like a really solid team. Mel Tucker's already got that turned around in what seems like 24 months. Um, And that seems to happen to Northwestern all the time. And, you know, Iowa ends up always finding its way to six or seven wins. So has there been a season where you're like, okay, this is a three or four win team? Yes. And they got over it. And it was 2010, and the expectations were only lowered because of how awful 2009 was. And in 2010... They played a competitive game against Missouri in the opening game, which I thought, okay, and this Nathan Shieldhouse freshman quarterback looked okay. 
They went six and six. Uh, that included some big wins, but also included uh, the three overtime loss at Michigan, the loss at Fresno State, a random ass loss to Minnesota at home, which Bronzuk was very good at. And yeah, but nonetheless, that team exceeded expectations, but those expectations were only that low because Ronzuk was one of the worst X's and O's coach I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know what's weird about the Ronzuk era is that you could have box scores sort of like the Virginia-Illinois box score today and be in Virginia's position and somehow find your way to a loss. That was the weird thing about the Zook era is you would get plenty of yards and you'd look like just as big and strong as the other team. So the optics were fine, but you found very creative ways to lose. You aren't even in a position right now to find a creative way to lose. You're just losing because you're awful compared to your opponent. Yeah, and... Uh, Brennan Armstrong, they just showed career high in passing yards well, of course. And, and passing touchdowns, and they played William and Mary last week. Well, that, that zero Gladys <laughs> guy for UConn yeah, last right. year put up 300 yards. he was horrible. He was terrible. Um, it, th- see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would... That That's a tough, that's a tough decision, though. Would you rather be in all these games and find crazy ways to lose or would you rather just lose like this? I think they both suck. I will say yeah. it, it, they both suck. At least with this one, I don't feel like I have a lot of skin in the game. And I, I was wanted to ask you this because on an earlier pod this week, I talked about how not being in the Nebraska game, I found myself during UTSA just kind of watching and I didn't really have any anger. And I just walked out of the stadium and said, oh, well, we lost another game to a group of five team. And I think that's because not having been there for Nebraska, I only experienced so much like, yeah, it was, it was from afar. I didn't see it live, so I didn't get invested yet. So I, you did, though. Yeah, so I did. And I'd, if you would have told me we'd be one and two after three games, right, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's not ideal, but you probably would have thought beat you at UTSA and lose to Virginia and Nebraska, which beat Nebraska, lost the next two. Um, so I do think that that definitely changed my perception of this team, and I think many people. I, I really don't think, like I don't think we're going to f- find out Nebraska was terrible. I think Illinois just came out really hot. They believed, and Adrian Martinez missed probably three or four big passes yeah. that could have changed the outcome of the game. So... Even like what you're saying, you might not have that perception of, okay, this team has potential to play really good. Before the season even started, I told myself I would be very, very, very shocked to see something like this from a Brett Bielma team. Mm -hmm. Me too. But I didn't consider that maybe the roster was just really bad um, because you saw all those juniors and seniors. So, yeah, I think... Good God, a drop pass. Now, I will say he was running right into yeah. a monster hit. 13, uh, who was number 13? You know? I have no idea. But no, so, so one and two is not that surprising. Just the way you've gotten to one and two is very, very surprising. It's also frustrating how our scheduling five, six years in advance, so you don't know. UTSA was just, all right, we'll get a directional school from Texas. Oh, here. so unlucky. And then Virginia back five, six years ago was nothing to write home about. I think Al Groh was the coach or something, G-R-O-H. I think Charlotte might be a favorite over Illinois in a, oh, in a few weeks. And Navarro lets the guy take it right from his breadbasket. 
man, these receivers stink, Isaac. <laughs> I mean, which again, we knew the receivers and DBs <laughs> would be bad, but holy god, but we've seen good from Navarro. That's what that's what is is frustrating. He seemed to have decent hands and like ran good routes. He just wasn't the best the best athlete. But I really would be shocked if if you beat Charlotte in a few weeks. Well, if that's the case, you're looking down the barrel at one and eleven. Yeah. I mean, I watch this game and try not to overreact based on any game. I try not to overreact after UTSA because I thought college football, it's a week-to-week thing. We saw, especially in 2019, and I know that's an extreme example, but we saw in 2019 that you can lose an awful non-conference game. And then, you know, it's the Big Ten West. It's not a a division where you should be getting blown out necessarily. And uh, like you should never get to the point where the other team puts all their backups in. Like which for, Virginia for has done. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, Virginia's done that now because they can. Right. Uh, that that one was not on Sikowski. That was Navarro not hauling it in. And then I think about Sikowski and that we're grading him, but he's got an offensive line. There were, there were a couple sacks he took today that he should not have taken. Yep. He held the ball way too long, especially at the end of the first half. That's on him. But he is getting pressured quite a bit. And his best wide receiver is Isaiah Williams. And I like Isaiah as a sort of Swiss Army knife, and I think he'll become a good wide receiver. He's shown really good parts so far this year. Oh, and Deuce Span. Yep. But when you have Casey Washington dropping three balls a day and Navarro being a complete non-factor and Hightower and Jafar Jafar Armstrong hasn't even played yet, what can he do? You know, I think the thing that drives me the most absolute bonkers is Vegas was right, right? So we thought yes, for once. Of course they were right. We thought for once we had some sort of inside knowledge um, that, of course, Illinois is going to win more than three and a half games. And Vegas almost knew something that we didn't. But the thing I will find comfort in is, I mean, even Jeremy and, you know, Derek and those guys who, like, that's their job, right? To research this team. Mm-hmm. They even expected five or six five and wins. Seven. Yeah. Five I, and seven. I, I said six and six optimistically, but would have taken five and seven. I don't they think aren't sniffing five wins. I don't think anybody could have projected um, how terrible this team had the potential to be. Let me look at the uh, box score here. So th- this infuriates me. Chase Brown was seven rushes for the game. McCray was seven rushes for the game. 5.9 average for Chris, uh, Chris Brown. <laughs> Not Chris Brown. <laughs> uh, Chase Brown, 4.7 average for McCray. Those two guys have actually, actually looked pretty good. Norwood, three for 32. Uh, Sitkowski was seven rushes, but we know how that goes. The sacks, they include right, that. Right. Um, Reggie Love with one for minus one. That was on the third and one. But Reggie Love got a lot of playing time the past Just couple weeks. Give the ball to Chase Brown. What are we getting cute about? What is this divvying up the ball carries this new age sort of um, fancy schmancy offensive coordinator crap. Have a you have a stud. Right. Give the stud the ball, and McCray can be the backup. I don't need four or five guys carrying the ball a game. And when your running game was the best a couple of years ago, it was Dre Brown and Reggie Corbin. Two guys. It was two guys taking it over. It was. And they each had they had a complimentary right. running style. And that's how it's sh- that's how every NFL team is. They have their main running back, and then they have a guy that can probably catch passes or is more of a thir- scat back. or the third down back. So. Um, I don't know if Tody Peterson and Rod Smith are buddies and they hang out and they like the same philosophy with philosophy with this for also Rod Smith gets to enjoy this game today. You wonder if <laughs> you wonder if he looked at the schedule and was like, Hey, who can I take a analyst job um at? And he ended up going to Virginia, but you know it'd be embarrassing if he's watching this and thinking, Oh my god, they actually got worse. 
Though we, yeah, and that, but that's the that's the thing is this season unfolds. I am not going to continue to give the benefit of the doubt to the coaching staff if they continue to do the stupid things to this level. Eventually, you can coach the stupid out of them or just sit the stupid players. And honestly, maybe maybe Rod Smith and Lovey are sitting there. Granted, they brought all the players in, especially Lovey, but maybe Rod Smith is sitting there saying. Well, I guess this proves it wasn't all my fault. Yeah. Some of these guys I mean, are just bad. Yeah, that that could very well be. Sikowski hands it off to. I don't, I, let's see, to oh my god! This is a stupid team, Isaac. It is. It is very hard to. That root was for Chase, this. or um, I think Chase Hayden, the fifth running back. To Which play. I, I get it because these right. minutes don't matter. Right, right, right. Just a dumb team. That's the second turnover of the day for Illinois. This is a personal foul, chop block on <laughs> Illinois. Chop block. Uh, I'm trying to figure out penalties, so that will be the ninth penalty on Illinois, but I don't know if that will count because I'm assuming... Would they add it to the end of the fumble? I don't think so. Got decline it, I think. Yeah. But if that did count, that would be the ninth penalty for 100 yards. That's a football field. That's a, That's a football field's worth of penalties. Yep. After you only had three against penalties your, in week one. Against your veteran offensive lineman who should know better. Was that Kramer? No, that was Palchuski. Oh my gosh. That wasn't even like a No, punch. it wasn't even close. 42 to 14 will likely be the final here as Virginia gets the ball back. Those couple minutes were fun, though, right? When it was 21 <laughs> to 14. Yeah, it was. I thought, oh, well, this will be an. In- I texted you yeah. on, on your way over. I said, well, this will be an interesting pod. And I mean, it has been in a way that maybe it's more cathartic and a realization that we just really, really stink. But I prefer for that realization to hit in like mid October, not September 11th. Um, 552 total yards at this point for Virginia. Could have been much more. I mean, they, they somewhat called oh, off yeah. the dogs. 280 total yards for Illinois. I mean, Virginia's defense, you probably should be able to get 400 yards against them if you had a decent offense. Right. Not even close. So you can't run consistently. You can't catch. You can't throw. <laughs> you can't block. On defense, you can't get to the quarterback. You can't tackle. And you can't cover. You punt well. You punt well. And you kick fairly well. That's not a recipe for a five and seven or six and six team. I am drastically recalibrating my expectations based on this game more so than UTSA. This is a two win team. At this point, I I think you really just have to hope to God that this is not Bielma and the staff at all, and it's really just the players are oh, at a, I think maybe these That's a scary thing. Maybe these players are just at a point where they are like past the point of return, you know? And, and then just, if that's the case, that like especially these older guys that are playing just lethargic football, oh just just gosh. don't play. Or or don't don't risk your health to play a game that you aren't invested in. And it's that's gonna sound again probably callous, but I'm just seeing this is shocking to me to see this sort of lethargic, who cares kind of performance that results in the fourth quarter, a couple unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, pushing guys, punching guys, being complete morons out there. And if you're like, well, Carp's calling a 22, 23-year-old a moron, well, maybe not, but they're doing moronic things that old players should not be doing. And as an alum and a fan, it's kind of embarrassing. It's not kind of. It is embarrassing. Oh, it's, it's very embarrassing. And... Like I said, we're not going to know. So even, say you lose out the rest of these games, I'd say that's that's definitely it's definitely fair to critique Bielma after a full season if if it's this bad, right? Yeah, and and but that's a scary I mean maybe it will be. 
Right. So, but you won't know for sure until a year from now if if this this year was just Bielma being, you know, maybe not having it anymore or uh, these players just being really, really bad. It's just the waiting game, you know, that's so frustrating. I know. Like, we've, we've waited for a decade. For years and years, and we gave Lovey passes. And um... in Virginia, they get to just hang out with a pretty good football program and a really great basketball program. That's the thing. There's no reason why you can't be Virginia. There's none. Right? Virginia has none. to compete. So they're, they're a great basketball school. Illinois is a you know, pretty solid to great basketball school. And they're always like middle to to bad in the ACC when it comes to football and now they've had a few years where they've been pretty successful you can't tell me like recruiting a kid to come play football at Virginia is a lot better than coming to play at at Illinois I there's no reason we can't be a middle of the pack power five team and as long as the wind just comes I know furiously in the backyard uh, I, I will be interested what the Nat sound is like on this. Thing. Yeah, like, are we yeah. getting the dogs barking? There was some yard work next door. Uh, no, but I, I do think that that is a good template, or it, it's it is a level of success that you can achieve with this football program. This Virginia team reminds me of the two good Ron Turner teams with the great offense and the defense that complements it. I don't think Virginia probably has a great defense. It's probably more Illinois' offense stinks, but you know what it. It lets the offense go out there and do its thing for 500 plus yards a game. Uh, 142 to go, 42 to 14. Before we get out of here, 200 level brought to you by DP Doe. I'm on a dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign Urbana, custom zones with any toppings you want, and some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie in the buffer zone, celebrating their 15th year in business, dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. May want to start getting that basketball swag. I, I think I need to start graduating towards basketball mode i'm gonna wear my kofi jersey i think next week isaac okay. during that uh maryland. we're playing before oh, the maryland yeah. game i think that's what i'll do and then during the game i'll wear one of my fourth and kirby shirts online at fourth and rector construction online at r-e-c-t-o-r construction get a free estimate for any outdoor home project great craftsmanship and superior customer service online at rector construction that's r-e-c-t-o-r construction.com and state farm agent brian hansen online at brian is my guy Com. Brian can be your guy for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brianismyguy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Appreciate their support. Appreciate you listening. If you made it this far, you are a glutton for punishment, <laughs> as you kind of have to be if you're an Alana football fan. You know, just as you've memorized all those, all those sponsors, we could almost just record and uh, replay a lot of the things we've said today. I we think, we just need to make hotkeys yeah. <laughs> of the things we say when Illinois football is so pissing then we, us we off. We probably could just record like four or five minutes a week and mm-hmm. then just add the stuff from the previous weeks uh, previous weeks in here. But... Podcast Spot 3000. I mean, that's all you need for Illinois football. Rinse and repeat. It's the same same garbage. And Basketball <sighs> schedule looks pretty favorable, though. I, I said 27-5. Yeah. <laughs> I could see I mean, it. legit. I said 20 because I, I think you win all the non-conference games. Yeah. And then you go fifteen and five in the conference. There you go. I could, and you got a lot of the big games are in your favor. You know, you got yeah. it at home. And I, I was telling Trevor this too. The past few years, now that you've been kind of back in this national realm, the past few years, you had each year you've had a stretch of four or five games that were pretty brutal, right? With just on the road or um, playing ranked teams, yada yada. This season doesn't. It doesn't really look like that. 
it doesn't look like you're going to have a four or five game brutal stretch like you've had in the past. And you can actually get a good start in the Big Ten. Oh, right, right. I mean, the at Iowa game will be tricky early on, but I, they've, they've lost a lot. I think the thing I'm most excited about with the early going is that having a great point guard and a great big man, I think, eases the transition, whereas other teams are figuring out offensively what do they got, uh, more moving pieces. You have two sure things. And then the supporting cast, talk about experienced players. It didn't work out for football. No. But I do trust Trent right, Frazier. But they've proven to actually yeah. be successful. DeMonte, I think Plummer, that's sort of an X factor. If you get good guard play out of Plummer, then that negates losing Adam Miller. And essentially, you're right back where you were that three-game stretch where you went 3-0 without Io. And that was pretty good. And not to give clout to anybody that doesn't need it, but I think... Unless Ty Ty Washington comes out and is like a first round pick, I think I'm I feel pretty comfortable with the guys we have now and knowing that we missed on somebody like that, I feel a little bit better. Um again, I might have just given him more more clout than he deserves. Yeah, but and that of course is the whole thing on what TikTok or Instagram Live. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody on Illinois. It's just like eh, shut up, kid. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know you. But uh, for a team that went 9-16 and 16 last year, that's a lot of puffing out of one's chest. But uh, is it October 30th is the first exhibition? October or? 23rd. Okay, so we yeah. got a month and a half. It's a, Saturday, up- it's a Saturday night, so it's six weeks away. Okay, so we got a month and a half to simply put up with football. Um, that's basically it. We're putting up with football, yeah. and we're going to try to find any angle to talk Illini basketball. That's what I did earlier this week is – What's there to break down for a game that we thought might go like this? You know, it's like kind of crazy analogy here. So if you're addicted to drugs, if Illinois is, if Illinois athletics is your drug, Mm -hmm. you kind of are just like giving yourself Illinois football. Worst drug ever. Right. (laughs) And because you know that you can't get your hands on that good Illinois basketball drug until the winter. So you're kind of just doing this to, to fill your mind with something until you get Andre Curbelo and Kofi Dunks. Um, and they can't even give us a moderately interesting season. This is no. quickly devolving into who cares. Again, why can't we just have low expectations and give them up? Like, we had low expectations. Yeah, just meet my relatively day. modest expectations. <sighs> Unfortunately, it doesn't look like that. And then this Campbell kid has a nice reception, and now he looks hurt. <laughs> it's not just, funny, uh, but... it's not, well, but it, it, we laugh because of this sort of like tragicomic thing going on here. It's just like, you've got to be kidding me. Well, everything that could go wrong did go wrong, but a lot of them were self-inflicted for this Illinois team today. A lot of stupid stuff. Not a very easy team to root for right now. No. It's one thing to lose. It's another to just be incompetent. Les incompetents, as they say in Home Alone. Oh another gosh. drop from Reggie Love. That's, I think, the sixth or seventh drop from receivers for Sikowski. Not in like the help. second half, I think. So, yeah, les incompetents. That could have been the title of this one. Instead, it's for Jin. Ugh. Awful. Good Home Alone reference. Yeah, great. My God, we're how many shopping days until Christmas? Hard, so, yeah. I we got Illinois it. basketball on Christmas to look forward to if we need to cleanse our minds of this. You know what I also hate about this, Isaac, is let's say Illinois had won today or just lost by a touchdown. You're like, hey, that was an improvement over last week. It makes the rest of the football that you watch a little more fun. That's right. why the first week zero leading into week one, the week one games are going on, and I'm sitting there in the tailgate lot thinking, hey, we aren't terrible. Right, and right. every every game I watch the rest of the day, you know, whether it's Iowa, Iowa State, which is a big matchup, but even if I tune, even if I watch the Northwestern-Indiana State game or 
um, any of the other Big Ten games, I'm just going to be thinking, man, like, why can't Illinois just be decent? Like, why can't we just be like the rest of the Big Ten? Decent. Well, alas, they are not. All right. Well, before we uh, sign off, any final thoughts? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much toast here. 22 seconds to go. We'll watch until the bitter. I again, I said it. (laughs) I said it on my fourth down. Do you kick it? Oh, jeez. Let's let McCourt pad his numbers. In a in unimportant things that shouldn't matter. Now they're going for it. But my my biggest thing, I think my biggest takeaway from this is talk about falling down the mountain of Brett Bielma, you know? So he had in done two weeks, fourteen he, days. He had done everything honestly perfect in the offseason and then after the Nebraska game. It's just I, I couldn't have imagined a worse past 14 days. Yeah, it is actually. It went from best-case scenario to worst-case scenario, yeah. and I don't know when the bleeding stops. I mean, so like Art Sikowski right here, This is I think you can put Threw it outside the back of the end zone. Right, he again. is your backup quarterback, but I think you can put on the coaching staff that they, they brought him in and thought he would be a serviceable backup. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're, they're bad, man. What, what more can you say? This is a bad football this, team. We may just be like honestly overanalyzing it when it really just comes down to <laughs> brand new coaching staff. All these players are used to the previous regime, regime, regimen, whatever. Um, and this, you you just might see lovey effects for 24 months. Well, you want some fajitas? Let's fire yeah. up the grill and have some damned chicken fajitas. I think we need something fajitas. stronger than fajitas. I mean, listen, we're, <laughs> I'm going to make a drink too, yeah. so I got plenty of uh, liquor around here, so we'll uh, enjoy a little bit of backyard tailgating, maybe watch Oregon beat Ohio State. They're up 21-7 to right See, now. See, no matter how much, how many games Brett Bielma loses, he will still be way more fun to have a beer with than Lovey Smith. Oh, 100%. But he then just, again, that's a short, that's a long list of guys that would be more fun <laughs> to have a beer than Lovey Smith. Uh, that would be a, a droll conversation, I'm right, afraid. Right, right. Uh, okay, we will be back. I'll be back uh, sometime midweek, and uh, Friday night, Decadence will be playing before the game, so come out to our Grange Grove tailgate at 5. We start at 6. We'll probably do one that Saturday morning. I, I'm not going to do a live reaction pod for Maryland. That's probably going to suck. Every yeah. bit as bad as this one. Yeah. Um, but other than that, have a, as good a Saturday as you can. The elephant in the room, of course, 20 years since 9-11. Uh, commemorate that. I know we're, we're watching a really good documentary series on that. Before we watch that again tonight, they were just going to try to watch some college football and, and flush my mind from the last three and a half hours. That game was moving fast, and then it was a snail's pace at the end of it, Isaac. Good God, that was torture. Okay, let's have some fajitas and get out of here. <sighs> Sorry, last thing. Somehow Rutgers is good and might be 2-0 after today. Sure. And they were the only thing keeping us from the absolute bottom of the well the past few years. Eventually, the excuse of it was the previous guy's players, it only goes so far. Right, right. So if this continues, this level of incompetence, then we got a problem. Well, even if next week goes bad, it'll still be fun to be in Grange Grove and hear you guys play. Oh, so thank you. Yeah, there's I mean, a positive. We'll, we'll try to give uh, at least a positive spin to next Friday yeah. night. All right, we're going to go eat, drink, and enjoy the rest of this Saturday afternoon. So we will see you soon. Stay safe, stay healthy. It is the 200 level.